0: Welcome to the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session, where we talk about all things guitar related. My name is Dr. T, and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweed Couch, we are counseling on, are tube amps dead? Unless you started playing electric guitar in the 50s or 60s, almost every electric guitar player starts their journey with a solid state amplifier. Some then move on to tubes, others to modelers, and some stick to solid state. Regardless of where you started or ended, no one can doubt the impact of a tube amplifier. Of course, there are vintage iconic amplifiers from Fender, Marshall, Vox, Gibson, and even Sun and Supro. The modern, more souped-up renditions of Friedman, Dr. Z, Swart, Matchless, Morgan, Benson, and the list goes on are tight contenders for incredible tone. Now, if that weren't enough to deal with, the ever-impressive engineering and innovation of modeling amplification companies like Kemper, Line 6, Neural DSP, and Axe FX have developed ways to harness the tone into ones and zeros, making it nearly impossible for an audience to notice the difference. But which type of amp is more budget-friendly? Are tube amps more dynamic? Is it easier to dial in a modeler? Which type is preferred, vintage or boutique? Which modeler is doing it best? And are tube amps dead? Well, we'll discuss this and more on this group therapy session with Jason on the Tweed Couch. Well, Jason, it is great to have you once again on the couch with us in the season I'm so glad to have you. I know that we're over 50, and you wanted to do a special 50-episode type of thing, and I wanted to as well, but you know what? We got busy. Lots of things going on. We will still get something special in the books,
1: but thank you now for being on the couch. It is good to be on the couch as somebody who probably needs the most therapy of anybody you know. <laughs> Gosh, I've, I've probably been on the couch the most. Uh, because i need it the most yeah so it's it's good to be back yes it is good to have you here and um,
0: i made sure that i have done a little bit of fumigating of the couch so when okay, you lay you. down face, face first, first yes it's not going to be so bad <laughs> yeah i've had worse so the subject that we are going to get into today is tubes aren't dead and yes. this may be wrong i mean maybe tubes are dead for us tube amplifiers is what we're going for but oh
1: hang on i thought we were i thought we were talking tube TVs i've uh, i've prepared all wrong for this this is kind of like when lloyd prepared for was it penny marshall yes oh my gosh i've really dang it i'm i'm not ready it, well, it's too bad. It. I'll wing it. No, you're, you're going to have to wing
0: it. Okay. That's okay. what we do. Okay. Yeah. So, the reason why I decided to have this conversation with you about tubes being dead or not dead was I had this surprising revelation. So, I was just at Wisconsin Life Fest 2021 mm-hmm. and the Nashville Life Fest in Bonagua, Tennessee. Right. And while I was there, I noticed something very different than about three to four years ago. Hmm, Okay. About four years ago at LifeFest, everyone had a Kemper. Hmm. Like, everyone. We showed up. David Crowder had six Kempers. And it was like one for every person who had a stringed instrument and then also a backup. You know, everyone... Had Kempers. We go to Grandstand, where the main stage is, and 20-some thousand people come to see the concert, and they're all playing through computers, essentially. And it was really surprising to me about four years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, now let's fast forward to this year. And this year... 2021. 2021, everyone has, like, a Matchless amp, or a Benson. Really? Or a Rev. Yeah, it was... Huh crazy and there were vox ac 30s as well and there were uh fender deluxe reverbs and that kind of stuff but there was really only a couple of bands that had like
1: kempers that really really surprises me
0: yeah it surprised me too and so it got me thinking four years ago i was like here we are wave of the future yeah we are now going to be playing into computers and Hmm. I show up this year and it was like everyone in quarantine went what's this heavy box with all these round things in it and magnets <laughs> right. yeah and and Sounds these amazing. big big bottles of test tubey things in it and sure enough they brought them out and they brought them out loud because yep. You know, they cranked it. It was, it was pretty awesome. Hmm. And you know, and this is a good point to mention is you might not be able to see it from stage because these were like backstage, just blaring out the back towards mm-hmm. the food tent. Right. It's one of those things that like, I could hear it loud and clear people in the front. They got whatever the PA gave them and everything. Right. And about five, six years ago, they used to have what I referred to as the facade facade. So usually what there was was like walls of like Marshall half stacks or walls of of these like special Mesa boogie designed cabs and all that kind of stuff. And then you go behind it and what you see is like a 20 watt Tyler amp crank, a a gorilla amp. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And and it and it was shocking. So this was not the vanity stuff. It was not the facade. You're right. They they were playing through the real deal. Huh. You know, it was funny. Third Day was the band that I'm thinking of because they were sponsored by Epiphone at the time. Okay. Now, if you're a big Christian music band and you're sponsored by Epiphone, right.
1: And you've got Epiphone speaker cabinets. I mean, are you really going to play through those? As a non-sponsored artist, and I, I laugh as I say artist, I wouldn't play through Epiphone myself. I mean, right now. Like, I wouldn't yeah. play. If they gave it to me free and they're like, hey, just to promote this on the podcast, I'd be like, oh, man, I man, I really appreciate it. But no, nah, I'm good. Nah, I'm. I mean, I, yeah, I don't think I would. I really don't. And
0: you know what? They promoted it. But when you went to the back, they had two like sixties vintage Marshall four twelve, yep, like tweed cabs and like Marshall heads.
1: The audience thinks it was Epiphone. It was not. No, no, no. Yeah, that's That uh, was something else. You probably just got somebody in trouble right now, telling them that.
0: Oh, I'm sure, but you know what? They're not really a band anymore, anyway. Um, okay, yeah, okay. they just, you know. Yeah. All right, so I think. That before we get into finding out whether or not you think
1: that tubes are or are not dead, we should play a little game. Okay, can I I say, and this this might be part of the game, but you could have had me bet all my guitar collection. And I would have said that everybody there was playing either with a Kemper or Helix or a Quad Cortex. I would have thought for sure. So I'm glad I didn't make that bet because I would have lost everything.
0: Well, and you know, we went to some of the other stages and some of the other stages had people playing like through a Kemper or something like that. But really, I mean, mass majority, they plugged into an amplifier. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. So let's see if you're interested in playing this. We're going to play a little game. I'm ready. I love games. And this game is called Myth or Reality. Okay. So I'm going to mention some statements because as I said, about four years ago, Everyone was playing through like a Kemper or a Helix or something like that. Mm -hmm. And this year everybody's got amps. And so there's a lot of common like misconceptions and thoughts when it comes to which is better or which is what. When it's between modeling and the actual real deal tubes. Yeah. So let's play myth or reality. Do we have the crowd here with
1: us? I can't are. believe
0: they showed up. There I'm not there. joking. I mean, like, they follow me everywhere I go. I get that pretty much anywhere crazy. I go. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: It's part of my that's contract. Crazy. Yeah. Well,
0: two-time teacher of the year, right? No, well, I no, it. I was
1: yeah. talking my Tweed Couch contract. Oh. Yeah. What I get sure. paid for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get paid in crowd noises. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and crypto. Cryptocurrency. Yeah. Yeah. It's crypto, crypto with a ch, right? Yes.
0: Or is At it the, crypto with a K?
1: At the end, the CH is at the end. It's Eastern European, I think. Yeah, Maybe. Okay, let's go on with the game. The crowd's getting restless. All right. So here... Quit booing. All right. <laughs> so here
0: is the myth or reality. You just got to okay. answer, is this a myth or a reality for modeling amps? Are you talking about my
1: opinion All... or just in for like in the world? I would say this is your opinion. Okay. Like in okay. your opinion, what do you
0: think myth or or reality. Okay. Modeling amps are cheaper than tube amps.
1: Ooh. I'd say. I'd say reality. So if you think of all the amps that are in, let's say, a Helix. Let's say there's a hundred of them, and you divide that by, I don't know, whatever, sixteen hundred bucks or whatever. You're talking. You know. 160 bucks. No, I can't can't do math. Hey, stop booing. That's ridiculous. You're talking 16 16 bucks an amp, right? Am I right? If there's 100 amps? And, you know, a good tube amp, you can get a Blues Deluxe or whatever for 800 bucks now. I don't know how much they are now. But, you know, a lot more than 16 bucks. So, yeah. I would say when you think of everything packed in that unit, if you were to get tube amp, uh, equivalents of that and pedals and cabs and everything be way more expensive see and i would agree with you
0: that modeling amps whether it be a quad cortex or a helix or a kemper or it be something like the veta or no, the yes. <laughs> valvetronics or sure. whatever that you might go yeah of course if you want to own a Dumble, of course this is cheaper right if you want to own a uh, a Marshall Plexi yeah sure it's cheaper you know mm-hmm. so I'm with you if you're talking about an amp collection sure but I'm gonna be honest with you every amp I play still ends up sounding like me like case in point for me is that I have a a hot one hotone I don't know yeah, how you say it I think you it's know, hot
1: one gonna go with that on? one that one would offend a lot okay. less people
0: Okay, well, so I have a Hot One British Invasion amplifier. It's like a little one watt solid state, and I plug that in through an Eggnator tweaker cab with a Celestian G12H30 in it. Yeah, good speaker. Sounds good. I got a pedal that runs in front of it, whatever. I unplug it, plug it into my Vox AC15, it's a little brighter, but for the most part, it still sounds like me when I play it. Okay. Yeah. Then I unplugged that and I put mm. it into my line six Pod Go, which I have set up with like an AC 30 in it and sure. some Celestian blues. And I play that and I go, ain't that much different? Yeah. Still sounds like me. In a crowd. Nobody's really gonna notice. Yeah. So in which case, I don't know that it matters if I have a collection of amps, if I have Dr. Z and I have Sir, and I have I have Mesa Boogie and I have Dumble and I have all those. I think it still ends up sounding like me. Yeah, so that makes sense. Okay. If that's the premise, I will say that it is a myth because I don't think that modeling amps are actually cheaper if you're talking about one quality amp. Okay because ultimately when you get a modeling amp you might go okay well for 2k or less you can get a really nice modeling amp yeah. maybe even 1k if we're talking about you know a $1000 if we're talking about something like the HX stomp or, or yeah. something like that but then you're going to go ahead and you're going to spend money and you're going to need a full range flat response speaker right. to go with it mm-hmm. and so that's going to cost anywhere between 200 to $1000 to get a nice quality one and then you're going to need to be able to use the editor with it all so you have to have a computer and you might go well i already have a computer well i don't need a computer for a tube amp sure so gotta have that yeah but you can You can use
1: the. you can use it without the editor so you can't throw that into the but i mean to get the full functionality sure it's true
0: it's true and so with a tube amp i mean a thousand dollars gets you a lot of amp and five hundred dollars essentially gets you a lot of different types of effects, but with a modeling amp, I would say that $1,000 gets you an okay modeler, Okay. but then you still need the speaker and yeah. you still need, you know, all the other stuff. So I right. think that's a myth.
1: Yeah. That's, that's my opinion. Okay. Okay.
0: Let's do another one. Myth right. or reality. Okay. Tube amps sound more organic than
1: modeling. I think that's, that's, a, that's a reality to me. Yeah. And why do you think that's a reality? It, well, that's just been my experience. But I will say the quad cortex might have changed my mind a little bit because I captured my Dr. Z amp. And I played it through a power amp, a little Seymour Duncan power stage. And I played that yep. through the same cab that I was playing the Dr. Z through. And it sounded identical. It felt the same. It sounded the same. I mean, it was identical. If you would have blindfolded me, I would not have known the difference. So, I mean, in my mind... Well, I'll just say this. if Having to choose. Every tube amp I played through played and felt good. Where every modeler I played through has not sounded and felt good. Yeah.
0: I would agree. It does depend on what the modeler actually is. Yeah. Now... With that said, I will say that I think that this is a myth. So I know you said it's a reality. I'm going to say it's a myth, and the reason why is this. There are lots of recordings that we have heard throughout the years that were made using Amp Farm, a Kemper, Mm -hmm. a Roland Cube. I mean, there's a lot of different stuff out there. I mean, Billy Gibbons played Mm -hmm. through like a JMP-1 with a processor, and it sounds really organic and awesome.
1: Yeah, it does.
0: So I once again will default to whatever I play through still ends up sounding like me. And yeah. so it really depends on on the player. Now, I am not surprised that you said reality because you've already said a number of times it's about that oomph yeah. of what hits you, like that oomph in the chest. Yep. So it makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, I like to feel that that punch of it. So I, I do think that, that affects my thoughts on it, just the way it feels. So yeah, I, I definitely think that makes a difference. I will say that you've
0: actually changed my mind on something.
1: Oh, good. I okay. used
0: to think that it was modelers that were weak and just didn't sound great. And mm-hmm. you mentioned to me that... I think it's the volume. I think with more volume, you end up getting that feel back. I think that is And So I've started turning things up and sure enough, what I noticed is when I play my Marshall at 95 dB and then I play my modeler at 95 dB, I have a harder time noticing the difference than when I try to play my Marshall 95 dB and then I run the modeler at 76 db which is like conversation volume
1: yeah it makes a huge difference it took me a while to figure that out but once i figured that out it's like okay there's something here for sure so here's my
0: next one myth or reality okay okay modeling amps are quieter than tube amps
1: um i think i do think that well i think that's a reality Although I will say I was leaning towards myth because I think they've modeled them now to idle kind of the same as a tube amp and you can hear yeah. a little noise and that's pretty impressive but I'd say overall I think gosh I don't know these Dr Z amps I have are so quiet they yeah. I mean they're amazing um I you know what I'm going to I'm going to go with a push on this one I don't think I don't think it's a myth or reality I think it's right in the middle You know,
0: I was curious on how you would go with this because it really is dependent on the modeler. It really is dependent on the amp. Yeah. So one of the things I notice is that it's easier to get a modeler quieter, but that's only because you can run a gate.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Because I mean, you can't necessarily do that with the amp. No, I agree. Yeah. But I mean, you could always buy a pedal and put in front of it, run a gate. So, so yeah, that's, at first I was thinking yes, but for that reason, I went back to no. So yeah.
0: Now I'm glad you brought up the Dr. Z because I think you have an announcement to tell people because you got rid of the Z-Rec Jr., right? I did.
1: So you just uh, mentioned
0: something about Dr. Z. like what happened?
1: Well, (laughs) this is, this could be a whole nother therapy session on its, on its own. But, yeah, I was at Tone Shop Guitars over in Addison, which I've been nice. known to. Nice. I want to go someday. I've been known to frequent. I was getting a uh, new pickup put in my FERC guitar that we've talked about before. That's right. Ferk <laughs> Yes. And, uh, by the way, I got the LR Bags Anthem pickup, and yep. it is phenomenal. I love it. It's so nice. good. Yeah. But, anyways, I was there in... Uh, they had a Doctor Z Maz 18, which is one of the first Doctor Zs I had of the many I've had. And uh, yeah, is they, it reverb or non-reverb? Non-reverb. Oh yeah, those sound way better. I like them better. So I I saw it and it was marked at nine ninety nine, and I was like, that's a great deal. And so I played it and I was like, oh man, I really want this. And so I just asked the guys like, do y'all have any uh, do y'all have any wiggle room on that price? And he comes back, he's like, well, we'll do it for eight eighty eight. And I was like. Let's ring it up. Wow, they so went I, from nine ninety nine to eight eighty eight. Yeah, I should have kept going. See if we can get it down to seven seventy seven. But yeah, seriously, jackpot. Yeah, but anyway, so, so yeah, I got it, brought it home. My wife was super happy. She's like, uh, "Show me what you got." And you know, I told her I found something. And of course, whenever I told her it was a uh, a great deal, she was even more excited about it. But, of course, uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, it sounds it sounds great. I just you know. I've been playing the quad cortex and I love it, but again, I just missed having that Z punch. Love it.
0: Oh yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and get back to Okay. myth and reality. Thanks yes. for the little break on that one. Yeah, Man. sure. So here we go. Myth or reality, tube amps are easier to dial in a great
1: tone. 100% reality. 100% and I will fight anybody that disagrees with me
0: well it's a good thing we're not going to fight because okay, I good. completely agree <laughs> yeah, with right, you good. Yes. 100% reality 100%. that tube amps are way easier to dial in yeah. than a
1: modeler 100% I can get a good sound out of any tube amp in seconds or minutes where a modeler yep. it takes me that long just to figure out the menu process sometimes you know oh, okay how do I go back Well, yeah. oh, here's how I go back So, not that you can't find it, but, yeah, 100% reality. Yeah, to me, it does come down to too many parameters.
0: Yep. I mean, I find it amazing that I can go to my Vox and I plug it in the normal channel and I'm good with a master volume, a tone cut, and a volume. Yep. And everyone's happy. People in the band are happy. I'm Mm -hmm. happy. People in the audience don't notice the difference. But it's awesome. But I can grab a modeler, and the next thing I know, I'm going, okay, I need the sag. What about the Bias X? Yep.
1: What's a ripple?
0: You know, and now all of a sudden it's all over the place. And I'm going to throw out a statement here, and you can tell me whether you agree like this fits with you or not. But for me, this is a shocker, maybe to everybody, but I actually think I've become a worse guitar player because of modeling amps. Ooh. Okay. And the reason why is because I don't practice as much. I don't feel the guitar as much. Yeah. You know, I
1: probably don't bond with the amp as much.
0: Yeah. And and because I have 999 different amps to try, Mm -hmm. I go, well, there's got to be a better one. Yep. Yeah. Whereas when I plug into my Marshall,
1: it's my Marshall. That's what I got. Yeah. And, you know, on. So many of them, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to get a Vox, you know, I'm going to get a Vox sound. And then you go and there's like three or four different Voxes and you're like, oh, dang. And then you look, oh, man, there's different speaker cabs or different IRs. And you're like, Phew, yeah. this is a lot of pressure. It, it reminds yeah. me of like in, in school when you're taking a test and you thought you knew the material, but you open it up and you're like, oh, whew, this, is, uh, this is more than I bargained for. That's kind of what oh, it feels yeah. like. So, yeah.
0: And, and actually, for those people who have been in a studio, you might know this problem, but keep in mind that a modeling amplifier is designed to not sound like the amp in the room It's designed to sound like the amp that's been mic'd up and processed. Right. So if you're playing and all of a sudden you go, oh, man, I feel like it's just not as compressed or it's just not as open as I usually get, whatever it is. Well, if you change from a condenser to a 57, if you make the 57 four inches away instead of, mm-hmm. you know, one inch away, if you do it off axis instead of now, I mean, there's so many parameters. Yep. I feel like I have spent more time as
1: a computer programmer than as an actual guitarist. This goes back to my no menus approach yeah. from a couple months back. And I'll tell you, I've got... I, I'm happily now, I'm set up with two different rigs. I've got my Deluxe Reverb and I've got my Dr. Z. So I've got those bases covered. And I've got a analog pedal board. None of them require menus. So I've got that yeah. set up. And then I've got the quad cortex set up. And so I'm like, if I yeah. want to step on a button and changes my whole rig, I've got that. If I want to just turn a knob and get a little more overdrive, I've got that. And I'll say the quad cortex, I mean, it's one of those things you cannot please everybody. Like it's, they're just never no. going to please everybody, but they've done no. a great job with that thing. And I absolutely love it. And I could see myself being content with just that. However, I like having the analog pedals and I like having a tube amp and I like the smell of it. And I just, I like that feel. Yeah. So. So uh, there's something
0: cool about the tweed cover or the the Levant cover or, you know, the suede cover or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. There's something cool about a salt and pepper cloth. There's something cool about like the diamonds. There's something cool about all of the
1: things that are an amplifier. So I agree. I get it. And uh, luckily I'm, you know, able to have all three of those, you know, so I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah, And as I look back in behind you, that, Marshall Halfstack and the Vox and the all the yep. PRSs on the wall and the yeah. Gretsch, Gibson's. Beautiful. Yep. Beautiful. We're we're both very fortunate.
0: Yes, we are incredibly fortunate. And I am a little bit of a modeler junkie. Now the reason why I'm a modeler junkie is because there's a lot of times where I have to set up and tear down. Yeah. Every single time. It's not like you know, a lot of musicians that play it like a church or something like that, they just set it up and they leave it. A lot of musicians who tour, they set up the same rig, but then it goes back into a case and it just rolls away. Yep. Not me. I have to bring it to the venue, bring it home from the venue. Well, much like somebody who's doing bar gigs or, you know, practicing at a buddy's house, the drummer's house usually because they don't like to move their drums, uh-huh. you know, whatever and there's just something really convenient to bring this small little pedal board that happens to have your modeler on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the quad cortex, like an HX Stomp or a Podgo or a Helix or really an Axe Effects, any of that kind of stuff does that stuff great. And so because of that, I like having that and also the silent ability. If mm. I showed up to a gig with my Marshall 412... And head. If I showed up to a church gig, like to do worship with my Marshall head and four twelve, I'm probably not going to be invited back.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably not.
0: But I don't make any like bad noise and all that kind of stuff, then it's fine. So yeah, I digress. So I'm a little bit of a junkie when it comes to mylers. I guess that's my therapy for today, is that I have them all. And I think what we need to do, you, me, and barber need to all get together and do a three-way quad cortex discussion talking about all the things we like we don't like and all that stuff
1: yeah so he got his he did get it he got it awesome he did so he's had it now for about two and a half weeks i'd love to have a quad cortex three-way you know it would be great to get a left-handed perspective yeah i know you know, it's funny. I did not know that
0: they made those in in left handed versions. I didn't either, and that's a huge benefit because yeah. you know there's still a lot of like other gear that they don't make left handed. So amps, picks, good strings. for neural DSP. Good yeah. for them. Yeah. Where does he get his strings? Do you know? I the left handed store. I think it's run by Ned
1: Flanders. Okay, probably probably Amazon. I guess. We, hey, Barbara, if you're listening, just just send us a tweet or Instagram, you know, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever. Yeah. And let us know where you get your strings and picks, because I know finding a guitar yeah. is tough, but, you know, guitars are everywhere. So finding the strings, man, that's. Yeah, that's brutal. I bet that's so I feel so bad for him. If I were him, I I'd know. probably I'd probably learn to play like with my feet or something instead to make it easier. Yeah.
0: Well, it, it would look more natural. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's do a couple more myth or reality. All right. Myth or reality. Modeling amps are easier to cart around than tube amps. 100% reality. Yeah, and I kind of already touched on that. Yeah.
1: I mean, I've got my whole quad cortex rig, everything set up on a pedal train metro, which is like 16 by 8 inches i mean everything like my whole everything i could take that in a gig bag and be perfect i could put that in my gig bag yeah i was about to say you could probably get a double guitar gig bag yeah
0: and it would fit the whole thing
1: yeah (laughs) and it would sound phenomenal i would not sound phenomenal but it would sound phenomenal
0: so i just went on my trip to wisconsin yeah went to tennessee yep did the whole life s thing And I took the quad cortex Mm, and the Kretzman. Nice. Done. And actually, at the Life Fest in Wisconsin, I borrowed a buddy's bass and I was able to run doing that. And then going to Nashville, I decided to go ahead and bring my 1965 Gibson EBO bass. Nice. The one that looks like an SG. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm taking it to Nashville. Yeah. Gibson's there. It's going to be fun. Yeah. they were made in Kalamazoo, but doesn't matter. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to Gibson land and I'm gonna bring it, and yeah, it cool. was awesome. I took the Mustang, everything nice. fit in the trunk without a problem.
1: You did drive the Mustang out, huh?
0: Oh, yeah, I know you just took said the that, Mustang. but I was
1: thinking a Mustang guitar, and then I was like, wait a minute, Mustang, yeah, oh, yeah. So, you and Owen yeah, took the, the trip out, the 5.0, nice ragtop down, so my hair can blow,
0: yeah. I'm not doing it. You're sing. gonna make me try and sing Vanilla Ice. No, that ain't didn't happening. Vanilla
1: Ice doesn't sing. He raps.
0: Oh, that's true. So, and technically, I just did sing it. Yeah, you did. I, that's one. I like stop. Yeah, that's one. <laughs> Collaborate and listen. All right. So, there, there's a lot to it, and I just think that it's awesome how easy it is to move a modeller. Now, if it gets in the way of your playing, then yeah, there's there's a problem with that, and you should just yeah. bring a tube amp, grab a little. Tweed champ or uh, yeah. a little uh, well honestly like a pro junior would be yeah. pretty awesome by
1: Fender. Mm-hmm. You know. Or actually you have that Mini Z. Not anymore. Sold it. Dude Why would you have to bring that up? You knew I sold that. You're just Nope, I didn't know that. Okay. Well I sold it because you know, my my whole thought was like, I wanna have a uh <laughs> I wanna have a <laughs> you're a jerk. You're a jerk. Oh my gosh. I, I can't believe I'm paying you for this session. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I sold that I sold that a long time ago I thought I told you that Once I got the quad cortex My whole idea was to have like a Marshall-y kind of sound You know, at a at a manageable volume And so I get the quad cortex I was like, there's a Marshall sound I can get a Marshall or a Friedman Or, you know, whatever I want yeah. At a decent volume I was like, I don't need this anymore So, yeah, I sold it Sold that That's awesome Puppy And, all and I right. spent it all on Dr. Pepper
0: yeah you did all right so let's do another one last okay. one of all the right. myth or reality okay ready tube amps are more problematic than modeling amps okay
1: so i this is what i've been thinking about and i have been brainwashed to believe this over the years okay but i believe that is a myth really i do because and you know what you do i too. agree with you yeah, yeah. exactly like, of course, of course, every now and then there's going to be a tube go out or a blow a fuse or, you know, have to replace yeah. the caps or whatever. But I've seen people in their quad cortex, hey, my screen just froze up or hey, you know, I just bricked yep. it trying to update my HX stomp or whatever. And it's like, yeah, yep. sometimes bad things happen and you got to deal with it. And that's just life. I mean, I've dealt with computers enough in my life and my teaching profession and my previous profession where I know that. Computers are not one hundred percent reliable either, so you know it is what it is. Oh you yeah, sometimes well carry backup,
0: and and that's going with just a failure of the actual gear itself. Yeah, a now of let's it. go with user error. Like yeah. there are so many cabling methods you can do. Yeah. I'm going to do four cable method. I'm going to do wet, dry, wet. I'm going to do you know, and all of a sudden it takes one cable that's messed up. It takes one little thing, and you've You don't know where the problem is and it's all. If there's a problem with my pedal board, I can go straight into an amplifier. Yep. Yep. If there's a problem with my modeling gear, I'm done. Plus, parameters. All it takes for you to change a parameter one time and then you don't play it for a few weeks and then you come back and you're
1: like, wow, why is everything so dark? And it's because you put on a global EQ two weeks ago and you forgot all about it. I'm actually glad you brought that up. I've been kind of pioneering this 42 cable method I've been working on. Oh, really? Zero buffers. Well, I hear it's the answer to everything. It well, almost. I mean, it's a, you know, it's give and take a little bit, but yeah. I don't know. Doctor Who told me. Yeah, I've been I've been drawing it all out. So once I get it all figured out, I'll I'll send a diagram for you.
0: That that would be great. Yeah. That would be great. Actually, this brings up a uh, a little bit of a a little bit of a fail that I had with my modeling gear okay. and I had my HX stomp and everything was set up. Everything was good, mm-hmm. was trying to get it to make sound though. And I could not get the stupid thing to make sound. And I was like, what is wrong with this? You know? And so I checked this, checked that decided, you know what? I'm going to just plug the guitar straight into the DI box. Yep. That worked. And I went, okay, so the problem's right here. What's the deal. And it took me about 10 minutes to figure it out. And all of a sudden I realized I had the
1: effects loop on. Yep. I've done the same exact thing. I knew you were going to say that. You should have called me. I was like,
0: freaking effects
1: loop. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
0: I'm in the gig, you know? (laughs) And so it's one of those that I was like, okay, don't make that mistake again. But I don't have that problem with the tube amp. Nope.
1: Especially because most of my tube amps don't have effects loops. Yep. I will say, though, I've done that with my tube amp expander. My Waza tube amp expander.
0: Yes, which is
1: amazing. Yeah, it is. It's a cool piece of gear. I'm probably going to have to own one now. Yeah, you should get one. Tone Shop has one used for 9.99. Really? Do you think yeah. they'll do it for 8.88? Try 555. I mean, why not? I know. They're I mean, they're good guys. They'll they'll probably will bargain with you, but
0: so with all of that said yeah. and everything kind of brushed away, all that and more. Yeah. Let's go ahead and answer this question. I want your opinion on this. Are tube amps
1: dead? I believe that tube amps are not dead. I believe they're alive and well. I am with you. I believe
0: that tube amps are definitely not dead. There is something that is cool. There is something that is convenient. There is something that is simple. There is something that is fun about a tube amp and yeah. i feel like everybody should have one even if you're like a modeling guy like well not like a model but you know if you're a modeler type of person you like modelers you yes. definitely need to have at least some sort of like blues junior or sure. yeah ac15 or something to just plug into and
1: go rock it out yeah i, you know? I mean I, to me it's like um you know, vintage stuff has been making a comeback the last 10 years or so, 15 years. And uh, to me, it's just like cars, you know, like, sure, I'd, I'd love to have a Tesla, yeah. but you're always going to have cars that run on gasoline that, you know, are muscle cars or, you know, whatever NASCAR. I don't think you'll ever see electric NASCARs or anything like that. So I think, I think there's some charm to that vintage uh, functionality of it. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see it ever going away. I wish NASCAR would go away, though. That's just me. Really? I just don't like it. Like, I mean, it's it seems, I don't know. I don't want to get a soapbox, especially since uh, so many of our listeners probably love NASCAR. So I'll just say this. If you like it, yeah. then I'm glad you have something you enjoy. I don't enjoy it. Yeah. But they probably don't like hockey either, and so we're good. It's even. That's fair. It takes all kinds of people to make up the world, and I can appreciate them all.
0: Well, this probably is a good time for us to take a break for a sponsor because we're going to play another game when we come back. Okay, let's do it. And this game is going to be the which do you prefer game. And so we're going to go into which do you prefer. So we'll do that right after a sponsor. If you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Are you looking for a party with a purpose? If you love music, family-friendly, and camping, then you need to come to LifeFest. In July of 2022, they will have two festivals once again. One at the Sunnyview Fairgrounds in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and the other at the Johnny Cash Hideaway Farm in Bonagua, Tennessee. I'll see you there. Let's hear from another sponsor. Since 2003, the Kretzman Guitar Company has been repairing stringed instruments and building custom guitars and basses. In 2021, Kretzman started production of a solid body electric guitar with the goal of providing affordable, Awesome looking and sounding guitars that anyone, student to expert, would be proud to play and own. Be sure to check them out at KretzmanGuitars.com. That's K R E T Z M A N N guitars.com. Okay, well we're back and it is time to play this game of which do you prefer. And so this is completely your opinion. Okay? okay? It's not myth or reality, which is also your opinion, but at the same time has a whole lot of fact. This is based off of your feeling. Okay? Okay? So, which do you prefer? American or British style amplifiers? American. American why?
1: I don't know. I like I like that spongy kind of forgiveness that they have. I love British amps. I love Dr. Z, but to me that American scooped mid kind of, I, d- I don't know. I just like it. I've grew up loving it. Uh, Brad Paisley kind of changed my mind on, you know, the British stuff, but for me personally, I'm just a Fendery amp kind of guy. I do find it amazing
0: that you chose an American company to define a british sound yeah i mean yeah of course by american yeah i pick british and the reason why i pick british well i mean if you look behind me i've got the marshall and i've got the vox and you don't see any fenders but the reason why i pick british is i like where the mids sit okay i feel like on a fender it's a scooped mid yep Whereas with like a Marshall and a Vox, that mid Mm -hmm. is very present, very up
1: front. So I like that. I'll say I think a lot of this has to do with I'm playing mostly at home and you're playing with drums, bass, you know, other instruments. And I think that's true. Whenever I play with somebody, I usually do crank the mids and treble up, you know, so I think, yeah, I think there might be something to that as well.
0: That's true. Okay. Let's do a three. which do you prefer out of these three clean headroom the edge of breakup or the overdriven sound
1: oh man um i hate to say this but i'm probably in a three-way tie for this one and i'll tell you why that's lame i know i know and (laughs) i'll i'll come up with a final answer at the end I'll, i'll convince myself okay to me to me like Playing through a clean amp, like a twin or something like that, just feels amazing. Like, get a strat, two or four position, neck position. It feels phenomenal. Love it. Then you get either a pedal or the amp, and you get to edge a breakup, and you get like that Brad Paisley kind of thing on a Telecaster on the bridge, or even on the neck of a strat or something. You just get kind of that bluesy, you know, smoky feel. It's. It, it'll it bring stuff out of me that I didn't know I could play. And then, like, you get, like, just hard rock. Like, you start playing that, and you're like, dang, this sounds good. Like, it's fun to play that. And then you start playing, you know, just fun stuff. So I would say, me personally, I think that I like clean headroom probably the best because okay. I, can, cause I can do the other stuff with pedals. Now, if I have the others, I can't do clean with a pedal. You know what I mean? Right, so so i would I would say I like clean headroom the most, but I probably don't play with that the most. If that makes any sense. No, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. for versatility,
0: I mean, I'm with you. Headroom is great because you can always put an overdrive over it. I mean, the sound of a twin loud and mm-hmm. then with an overdrive, oh yeah. is pretty awesome. It so is. I mean, that would be great. For me, of those three, Edge of Breakup. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. I like the bigness. I like the sound of loud, but it's not necessarily loud. It just yeah. seems loud. Yeah. So I, I like the Edge of Breakup, and then I like a tube screamer or a mm. uh, a rat that has very low distortion pushing it the rest of the way. Yeah. I find that most people who hate tube screamers are the same people who don't drive
1: the amp very much? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, just try to get everything out of that tube screamer and turn up the. Yeah, game if a lot. you try yeah. to
0: get everything out of that tube screamer, yeah, it probably is going to sound a little lame, which is ironic because it's supposed to be a tube screamer. <laughs> it's supposed to right. you know give that tubey sound, but really, if you think of it, maybe the name should have been more of that tube screamer, meaning that you've already pushed it and now you're going to yeah torture it with this drive pedal yeah
1: i i could not agree more with you i think that's spot on all right let's do another okay which do you prefer vintage or boutique amplifiers well i have one of each yes you do gosh um okay so if if money what if i won the lottery or you know whatever and money was no object i would prefer vintage and I like the stories behind them. I like the smelly, you know, musty smell of them. I think they're cool. I think they just look cool. I mean, they sound great. Of course, they're going to be a little more work and having the reliability of something like a Dr. Z is phenomenal. And, you know, you just blindfold, play side by side. I think new amps sound as good, if not better, than vintage ones. But there's just something super, super cool. I like, I've always liked old stuff. I just think it's cool Yeah. and mixing that in with new stuff. So, yeah, I know it's just kind of a cork sniffer thing, but, yeah, I'd prefer vintage if, if it was all the same. So I chose Boutique. Okay. But
0: the only reason why I chose Boutique is because I like that they took the vintage sound. Because let's be honest, all of the Boutique amplifiers are really just a recreation yeah. of a Fender, yeah. a Marshall, a Vox... Maybe a Mesa boogie, but Mesa is really just a fender being hot rodded in a right. lot of occasions. Which actually, a Marshall was just a fender being hot rodded as yeah. well. Yeah. But there's something to that amplifier being tweaked to what someone really liked. It's almost like a modded. Marshall, a modded mm-hmm. Fender, yep. a modded yep. Vox. And and it's those little tweaks that made it that much more compressed or squishy yeah. Yeah. or whatever. True. Or they found somebody's vintage one that just happened to be a little different. Yep. And they were able to make that happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to throw one out there that I have not tried. And I'm going to be honest, I don't want. But... <laughs> Paul Reed Smith just came out with the HX-100 and the HX-50, oh, yeah.
1: yeah,
0: which the HX is not like line six. This is for Hendrix. Yes. And they took one of Hendrix's marshals and they recreated and tweaked it. And it sounded really cool and it sounds really cool, but yeah. it's also way too expensive. So. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: But yeah like everything else they do you know it's going to be great
0: absolutely well and they're working with Doug Sewell so yeah do you,
1: do you know that I bought an amp from Doug Sewell one time I went to his house he you know he used to oh, live yeah? like in Garland or Richardson or somewhere and when I was like yeah. right out of high school maybe college he was selling a blackface Princeton not a Princeton Reverb but just a Princeton and I bought it and oh, yeah. I got it home and, I, and he's like hey you know he goes, you know, this is not the same as a Princeton Reverb. Just try it out, see what you think. If you don't like it, you can bring it back and return it. I got it home, and it, it was so quiet. You know, I didn't. It's not yeah. what I thought it was going to be. So, anyways, I took it. But he's like, yeah, bring it back. He goes, I, you know, I'm no problem at all. Super nice. And now I wish I had that amp so bad. Yeah. He was super nice, and then all of a sudden he starts making. You know, he told me he was making the Sewell amps at the time, and I remember a couple years later, you know, they come out with the PRS. Made by Doug Sewell. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I should have stayed better friends with him. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, Because, I mean, he he builds them all, doesn't he? Didn't he build the J-Mod and the Hendrix? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's building. Yeah. So.
0: yeah, and he does the Archon, and he does all
1: the yeah. different ones. I mean, he's yeah. he's killing it, so that's awesome. I'm happy for him. He's a good guy. Yeah, absolutely. He's a good dude. He's a good dude.
0: All right, here's another one. Which Ken. do you prefer? 50 Watts or more. Or thirty watts or
1: less. I prefer thirty watts or less for sure. Why is that? Uh well, for one, like I said earlier, I'm playing either in my bedroom or in very small spaces. And yeah. these people that bring hundred watt amps to stuff like that, I'm like, dude, you're insane. And plus, even now, you know, everything's being run through a board and then through the PA. So if you're yeah. if you're playing a hundred hundred watt Marshall, you know, with a, with a full stack for a small club, like you're either not getting it turned up to the right spot or you're killing people with, you know, the sound. So yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a balance back and forth, but I do believe that you've got to have a amp cranked up to get it sounding good. Like at least past, you know, noon on there.
0: I agree with you. I prefer 50 Watts or more. Okay. But I completely agree with everything you said. Yeah. Well, and that's not to say that there's not something good that's like 22 watts, because there's lots of really good stuff that's 22 watts. Yeah. But I do find that every time I play something with 50 watts or more, I tend to like it better.
1: Yeah. Well, and I will say too, you know, most of my experience has been with Dr. Z watts, which have been described as not accurate, you know, compared to what other uh manufacturers say because this yeah. 18 watt amp of his can hold up with most amps that i know yeah it's loud yeah it's very well
0: in the non-reverb it's the reason why i like the non-reverb more is yeah. it's louder than yeah. the reverb version
1: it's stout i will say that it's it's does fine yeah well and then you're running it through a gold speaker which is also a loud speaker yep yeah blue and a gold yeah it's pretty loud
0: Well, since we've talked about which do you prefer, and I know this is about whether tubes are dead or not, tube amplifiers, that is. They are not. I think that it's only fitting that since both of us have owned so many different modelers. Yes. If you had to go modeler, which would you choose? Kemper? HX? Helix? Axe Quad Cortex? Whatever. What would you choose?
1: I will say I have not ever owned or played Axe Effects, and so I'm curious of that. So I cannot answer that knowing that I haven't played those. I currently have the Quad Cortex, which is just, it's making me very happy right now. Um, but I will say I'm playing that through a real amp, like the, you know, the Duncan Power Stage. And through guitar speakers. And so for the amp in the room... Is it the 170? Yeah, the power stage 170. Yep. It's yeah. supposed to be a neutral power amp. So I'm playing it through there, through real speakers. And it sounds phenomenal. Now, I tried the HX Stomp through the same setup and did not mm-hmm. love that. And so, because my thought was, oh, well, maybe I didn't get that a fair shake. Because I just tried to play that through, you know, FRFRs. And so... I thought, yeah. well, let me play it through this and see if it's that great. And I didn't care for that. So that, that would be down lower on the list for me. The Kemper, I never played that through a real amp and real cab. And I wish I would have because I think I would have been happy with that too. But that being said, I would say Quad Cortex is my number one. Kemper's number two. Helix, you know, Line is number three. And then the Axe Effects, you know, our friend Cody, he swears by it, says it's amazing. And everybody else I know, they really like it. So, I mean, I'm sure it's great. I just haven't played one yet. I have played the Axe FX, and I think that it sounds
0: awesome. I've never owned one, though, so I'm not going to speak to the Axe FX either. But I completely agree with you on all of your points. Okay. I think that the Quad Cortex is probably doing the best job right now but Kimper is so darn close that yeah. I don't know that I can really complain that much. Kimper has better effects right now. Yeah. I like a time-based tremolo. I want to tap it in. We don't have that with the quad cortex yet. Yeah, true. But yet. we have all the other type of stuff. Okay, well, I guess it is time for us to do final thoughts. And I'm going to go first, and then we'll okay. have you finish things up. All right, sounds good. So I think you still need a tube amp. Even if you are like a modeling person, you need a tube amp because it's still inspiring and it's still simple. And sometimes you just need to plug the guitar directly into an amp and see what's going on. All right. That's the first thing. Next is if you are a touring band or you are playing small gigs or whatever, I think that you still need a quality modeler. And I think it's the reality of what we do. I think that you could be playing at a bar where the stage is the size of a picnic table with the drummer on it, and you're not going to be able to play the big thing. But having a small little modeler, that's at least going to get the gig going. And let's be honest, nobody is going to know the difference or is going to feel cheated by someone bringing an Axifax instead of a Friedman Dirty Shirley into a 1968 Marshall 412 with a G12M speaker from the 60s and, yeah. and all of that. So I think that tubes are not dead and I think that modelers are still important mm-hmm. and you need both.
1: Yeah, first of all, I I do not think they're dead. I think they're alive and well, and I think they will be as long as there are guitar players. I think there will always be that. Now, I think for a touring musician, especially a a, uh, second tier, third tier, you know, not a headliner, anybody below that, I think having a modeling amp is the way to go. You get your song set up, you go in, you plug in, you load in, you play it, you pick it up and you're gone. You go somewhere and, you know, it, it, something goes wrong with it, you put your backup on and you download your presets and you're good. So I definitely think, you know, everybody using in-ears and all that stuff, it's the way to go. But if you're the headliner and you can afford whatever you want, play what you love, you know, play through a tube amp and, and have the setups. But to me, I'm lucky to have the best of both worlds because, you know, if I'm playing with our little family band that plays the diverse stuff, you know, I've got the quad cortex where I can go from Marshall to a Fender to a whatever. But if I'm just playing for me, like I'll play through my doctor's ear, my deluxe reverb and play through those. So I like this question. I think it's good. I think it brings up a lot of good points. And, uh, I just to end it, I would say, I do not think that they're dead at all. I think they're alive and well, but before we, before we close out that final thought, I would like to say this. We have one listener and you know who I'm talking about in Hawaii. Yes. Ohms in Hawaii, who is who's reached out like on Instagram and, and you and I both share the Tweet Couch Instagram yep. account. And so I saw a couple of messages from him and I didn't want to read them because I didn't want to take them away from you. I wanted you to be able to see him. And so I messaged him through my account and I was like, hey, I think it'd be really cool to have you, you know, on the show sometime. And, uh, yes, I don't, absolutely. I don't, I don't even know his name. I just know Ohms in Hawaii and he never shows his face. I, I don't necessarily know what he looks like either. No, no. Because he likes
0: to take pictures with a guitar in front of his face
1: and, or hair in front of his face. And so, that's uh, right. so yeah, I mean, it's super cool. And I just wish that I would have known about him whenever we went to Hawaii. Cause how cool yeah. would that have been? But anyways, I just wanted to give him a hello and we appreciate you listening and, and aloha. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Mahalo i hear hello yeah exactly and um (laughs) yeah so you know hello to you and hopefully we'll find out his name so we can say hi to him but if you're not following him do do so because he posts really cool videos of him on the beach with uh guitars and it's just beautiful there and yeah it's really cool yeah yeah that's my closing thought that's it that's all i got
0: Well, that concludes our time of the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session. If you like what you heard, leave five stars in a review. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Tweed Couch. Until next time.